everybody. Welcome to the Film for Fans podcast, the home for movie news, reviews, and movie fan views, the podcast from movie fans for movie fans. And ladies and gentlemen, it is our 100th episode. Yay! All right. And in honor of our 100th episode, I am joined by special guest hosts. So now we are going to go around and I will introduce our special guest hosts. We have the man who has such a movie mind that he has his own cut of the Superman movies, Steve Glarum. <laughs> and we have the man who's annoying to watch movies that took place in New York City with because he's been there, Dave Dixon. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Making her Film for Fans podcast debut, the woman who is excellent to stand in line for hours and hours and hours outside of Star Wars premieres, Abby Dixon. That's me. Yes. <laughs> and the man who will say very little, but will be there anyway. <laughs> and maybe right. asleep by the end of this podcast. And be asleep by the end of the podcast. Yes, absolutely. Jason Dixon. <laughs> and it's also that's strong, time. let's get this going also, also strongly strongly opinionated <laughs> yes yes so we've got a great crew and we've got a great episode for you we're going to do a little bit of film for fans trivia to kick off the episode and then we're going to get into some roundtable discussions where we're going to discuss everything from memorable movie experiences to how we fix dc so it should be fun. got it I got to figure it out, but go Okay. Ahead. All right. If anyone on here does, it's us. All right. So let's get rolling. Uh, first off, let's start with a little bit of film for fans trivia. Since this is our 100th episode, we've got to look back a little bit. Um, Rob may know some of the answers to this. The rest of it's probably blind guesses for the rest of you, but we'll have fun with it. Uh, does anyone have a guess as to when our very first podcast episode that went on the podcast feed was recorded i say recorded i say recorded because uh it took a while for them to actually populate the first episode to populate all over the various podcast platforms but and only anyone about, have a guess it only took about six years uh, in the planning before the first episode was recorded also so. <laughs> <laughs> anyone have a guess when do you think our very first episode was recorded recorded, recorded yes yeah, so i'm gonna go with i'm trying to remember because you sent it to me in a in a mp3 file when it was first yeah. being put together yeah you were a, you were a early oh test man so that have been like summer 2019 okay right yeah Summer 2019 yeah. is your guess i i mean i know the i think i know anyway that it it came on to all the apps during COVID, I believe, because you, you had me listen to the first one just to make sure, you know, all your audio and all that was good, mm -hmm. but recorded that. I don't know. I, I was not going to say as early as summer 2019, I was going to say like later than that, like maybe fallish 2019. Yeah, you're looking for dates. I mean, we just went with seasons because hey, we're you know you, so <laughs> far. Gonna, all right. I'm gonna use what other people have already said and just build on that. There you <laughs> go. Because it I yeah, well, like Jay was saying, it was like a terrible time to start a film podcast. I remember yeah. thinking that because it was like everything was shutting down. Mm -hmm. Which so it was either 2020 or 2021. I'm gonna go 2020 because there's 52 weeks in a in a year, and you guys have been pretty consistent with your you know weekly thing. So I'm gonna go 2020. Mm. Mm. Summer. I like that. I like. Yeah, I like that. I, That's he's good just logic. taking a whole. He's yeah. taking a whole year. Yeah, he's taking a whole yeah. approach. Rob, do you know what the answer to this is? Uh, uh, my my guess is, uh, uh September 2020. The First recorded episode was July 20th, 2020. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, wow. I thought one of you two would get this because I told you about the podcast on at your birthday party for your 30th birthday in Cape May. Oh, my God. That's when I told you guys about the podcast. So I thought one of you would come Ooh. up with it and get it. Well, see, that, I mean, but what got me was 
recorded. Well, we recorded it and put it up the same week. Oh, it just, okay. It just took it just took like days to populate across the, the I got you. first episode. It took a while for it to get. Man, well, I will never forget that now. Right? Yeah. Uh, great. 30th great. birthday. Yeah. That's All right. So now that you have the time frame established, July okay. 2020, late July 2020, can you guess any of the content from the first episode? Oh, man. I remember listening to it. Oh, July 2020. Yeah. So, Tenet was probably on there. Um, of course, COVID was probably on there. I remember you introduced yourselves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I bet you Top Gun was on there too, because it probably, I think it was somewhere around there. Top Gun got delayed again. Any other guesses as to the content? Snyder cut. Did that make, no, nah, that was later. All right. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan uh, released his tagline at the beginning of the show, which was better than mine. It was like, well, we spent six years talking crap by ourselves, so we might as well have somebody else listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, okay, so here's the rundown of the first episode. Tenant delayed indefinitely. It was right after Tenant got delayed indefinitely, uh, which we thought meant forever, and it only meant like a month and a half. But, you know. At that time, it was a very somber, sad note. Well, as it, the it felt like forever. Yeah. One podcast, uh, yeah. that was a really bad way to start out the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, now, this one is interesting because it just came to fruition. We talked about the announced Netflix announcement of The Gray Man. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, which just actually came out very recently. Yeah. So we, we talked about that one being announced. We reviewed The Old Guard on netflix oh yes 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 yeah yeah Charlie and Charlie. then we had a a segment we did on drive-in movie theaters oh, oh yeah because of, yeah. because of covid yeah because of covid they were still operating and doing really well mm -hmm. and so we did a segment on drive-in movies and then we finished up with the 12th anniversary of the dark night mm. hmm. i remember that now yeah yeah all right, so that's that was the content from our first episode. Uh, here's one that you guys should be able to answer. How often have each of you been on the podcast? <laughs> How often? Never. <laughs> Abby's got the first one right. Okay, yes. okay, sure. Number one. How this, often? Yes. How many times uh, have I, each of you been on? I think I've been on like four or five times because I guest hosted an episode when Rob wasn't there one time. And I've done a couple specials. I, we did the Snyder Cut one all together. Did the Tenant one. Um, James Bond as well. Yeah, the Bond one we did. So, yeah, it's, it's like four or five. Five for you. Yep. So, very good. Very Are you good. counting this episode? Um, <laughs> I, I, I did not count this episode. Okay. So, yes. Then I've been twice for the uh, Snyder Cut and james bond yep that's correct all right i was snyder cut our superhero christmas episode and i don't think i made it on the tenant or the dune or anything like that so i think i'm just gonna go with two correct you have been on twice i think i've been on 94 times <laughs> <laughs> wait does that mean there's been six without you no there uh, have not uh, uh, Rob Rob's count is 101 because he okay. missed most of the instant reaction ones, but he did get one of them in there, uh, one or two, and then we did another random one in there. So Rob's count is 101. That's pretty good for 100 episodes to be on 100. <laughs> yeah, we actually have 103 up on our podcast, <laughs> and yeah, because of the, some of the instant reactions. Uh, this one's more of an inside joke. Uh, how many times have we mentioned Nicolas Cage on the podcast? <laughs> Ooh, have you counted? I did not actually have, look this one up. I was going to say, have you counted this? Because that'd be impressive research if you if you went through. It. I was going to say, I mean, who have yeah. we mentioned more, Nicolas Cage or Christopher Nolan? That's what I want to know. That's a, that's a tough battle, Christopher Nolan or Nicolas Cage, as to who was on the podcast more. Um, 
I, I just approximated approximately 80 episodes featured a line about Nicolas Cage. Wow. <laughs> Fair. We, just, we, <clears throat> we really need a Christopher Nolan movie with Nicolas Cage in it. Let's make it sound. <laughs> yes. Yes. That'd be fantastic. Wow. The, 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 that might literally be the end. <laughs> yes. 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 It might be the end. All right. So let's get into some questions here. Uh, so the first one I thought we'd start off with is most memorable movie theater experience. What what sticks out in your mind as one of your most memorable experiences being at a movie theater? Uh, does anyone want to go first on this one? Well, I have one. First. Okay. Oh, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead, Abby. Okay. Ladies first. Well, so when you introduced me, you said, you know, me as the the lady that will stand in line for hours for Star Wars movies, which is true. And at one, I knitted a scarf while standing in line for my mother-in-law for Christmas. And I finished the entire thing. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's probably the most uh, beneficial thing that came from standing in those lines. Yeah, my attempts to macrame an owl in line for Star Trek Into Darkness were a miserable failure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who is Blair? Blair, you were next. Yeah, Um, The Matrix. I just remember going out in the parking lot and just my my mind being blown. (laughs) Like it was like no movie I'd ever seen before. I feel Mm. like people that like haven't seen it that would go back wouldn't quite appreciate how different and like. It just amazing it was for its time. Yeah, yeah, groundbreaking at the time. Yeah, I I had a very similar experience with Inception when I walked Mm. out of the theater and hearing people around me talking about it as we walked out of the theater too was a very similar feeling. Yeah, yeah. So one of my most memorable movie theater experiences doesn't involve the actual movie. Mm. Um, So uh, one time, uh, Ryan and I and a few others, I can't remember who was there because this was back in college, but we went to see Spider-Man. Yes. It was three. I think it was blanking now. It was two or three. But anyway, these guys came dressed up. No, it was definitely three now because the guys came dressed up as Spider-Man and Venom. And they chased each other around the the theater, like shooting things at each other. This is before yeah. they kept you outside at the midnight right. releases. Exactly. They used to just let you into the theaters and you'd sit in the yeah. theater for an hour and a half. So we're, we're sitting in there. And if you remember like the design of the old theater, there was like the thing where you walked out and then you turn and walk up the stadium. But remember they had like that little like uh, place where you walked out. Well, there were, there were chairs behind that. So the Spider-Man guy climbs up on the, the wall and the Venom guy, like, I don't remember, like, he, like, shot him with something or whatever. And the guy falls off the thing, like, down, like, I mean, we're talking, like, a story high worth of, like, yeah, space. it was at least 10 onto the, onto the ground. And then, like, like the whole, everyone in the theater is like, <laughs> he, like, he just fell. And he disappeared because none of us can see him at that yeah, point. You can't, you can't see him. You didn't hear him hit the ground because it was too loud. And then he runs out. It was like, ah, like the whole theater's what like, yeah. is going on? But <laughs> yeah, it was it was nuts. I mean, like, talk, it was like a moment of like, did that just happen? Is that yeah. guy dead? And then he came running out. It was pretty. It was crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was a real Spider Man. Yeah, he maybe. was. So I would not have expected Spider-Man 3 to be anybody's answer for this. <laughs> uh, spoil, spoiler alert incoming for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but um, it can be argued how good these movies are, depending on who you are, what you like in movies. But I think one thing that is undeniable about them is the collective experience they mm-hmm. have provided for people. Uh, I think some of my most memorable moments in a movie theater have been watching uh, Marvel movies. There are a couple things that stand out to me. One, um, when Tony Stark says, I am Iron Man at the end of Iron Man, mm. that was a moment. Um, and then when uh, the Black Panther disappeared, uh, when the snap happened, mm. um, that I, I've honestly, I don't think I've ever felt a theater be more like somber or like and it's a like comic book movie but people were genuinely like devastated and you could feel it in the room it was crazy um and then uh in the last the end of the phase um when captain america caught thor's hammer 
hmm. the sound of like just joy and like excitement I heard in the theater because I watched that opening night and the sound was really it was just something it was cool to be a part of those moments. Very cool. Jason, what do you got? Oh man, there's so many. Of course, I remember the Force Awakens. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, 300 back in college when we weren't oh, yeah. allowed to go see movies. So we all like snuck yeah. out to go see that. That was great. Uh, another one that comes to mind is that scene in uh, Casino Royale where Daniel Craig is sitting there like naked in the chair. And he's oh yeah! That thing. <laughs> he hits him right in the crotch, and the whole theater, like every guy in there, was like, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That cracks yeah. Me yeah. So, yeah, definitely those for sure." Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't care where you are. The first time you see that scene as a guy, you're like, "Oh." <laughs> One thing it's funny because when someone says most memorable, like you bring it up, and then like even it's like you can still feel it. Like, <laughs> Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to go into slightly more detail on the 300 one because yeah. we, yeah. if we remember on this one, we had to go to King of Prussia yes. for the midnight IMAX premiere. And there was like 10 of us who went. And then because it was late enough in the campus curfew, nobody could get back into campus. So everyone went to my parents' house and we're all sleeping on the floor of like my parents' house, some in the basement, some in the living room. And yeah. I just remember... I'm trying to sleep because we're getting like two, three hours sleep. And my parents' dog is just going all over the kitchen floor with his his claws. And I could not get to sleep because he was just running back and forth across the kitchen claws. I think I got like an hour of sleep. Yeah. Right and didn't he like pee on someone or something? I think it's, like, yo, like, I'm sure yeah, he peed on yeah. somebody. He was I, always I, doing that. I, yeah. I vaguely, it wasn't me, but I think I vaguely remember that. He was a yeah. wiener dog. What do yeah. you expect? Yeah. <laughs> so that that was that was one and then the ending of the fountain when the fountain oh, and the yeah. credits roll and yeah. every one of the collect theaters yeah. goes what <laughs> <laughs> and and we're sitting there laughing about it it was great oh yeah that somewhat was related i uh this last year i saw the movie everything everywhere all at once mm. which i would yeah, recommend yeah. If you want to watch something absolutely insane and when the movie ended the one guy <laughs> In the theater, right, just stood up and goes, I am so done with this movie. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. Oh, man. All right, let's move on. Uh, worst movie you've seen with others. Worst movie. Let, let's how, get it how out. Many, how many others does it have to be? Can it just be one other? Because, it could be one other. Okay, because the worst movie I've ever seen, I saw this year, and it was called The King's Daughter, starring Pierce Brosnan. And let me tell you about The King's Daughter. If you have not had the gross misfortune of watching it yourself <laughs> it is available on amazon prime so feel free to subject yourself <laughs> to almost two hours of evil torture so the first thing you should know about the king's daughters it was recorded seven years before it was released wow. it was completed seven. seven years before it was released because no one wanted to release it <laughs> they finally released a movie which um i believe had a budget of about eight 80 million dollars and the movie made less than a million dollars in the united states box office wow uh oh, so the things about this movie uh pierce brosnan plays king louis the 14th pierce brosnan plays king louis the 14th <laughs> let me say that again pierce brosnan plays <laughs> 14th with an english accent the whole time like I'm just being myself. Whatever, guys. I've got to wait on. He's got to phone it in. Got to pay the bills. You know yes. what I'm saying? So he wants to have eternal life. So he steals a mermaid because he's going to take her soul so he can have his life for so he can live forever. But then his daughter becomes friends with the mermaid and helps the mermaid escape. So he chases the mermaid down. The three musketeers show up for some reason. <laughs> a direct line from the movie. One of them is holding a musket on top of this cliff, shooting down to the ocean. And he says, I have a clear shot. Uh, no, you do not. You have a musket. It is the 1400s. You do not have a clear shot. <laughs> in the water. Oh, and then the end, they find Atlantis for some reason. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not making any of this up. This is a real thing. When I told my coworkers about this, they went, "This is another joke, right, Rob? This isn't real." And I said, "I wish it had been a joke and not real, but no, it is real." 
Mm. Based right. on a true story. Oh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> so by far the worst movie I have ever seen uh, was mm. um, came out in 2013 it, by the name of Upstream Color. Mm. And uh, I Ryan and I watched this together. I, Jay, you might have been there, but I don't think so. OK, but we were actually excited to watch this movie because it was done by the guy that directed and wrote Primer. Which is an excellent time travel. If you remember Primer, Primer was like an excellent time travel movie. I think the budget was like 15 grand for this entire movie. Like, you know, it's like filmed in the guy's house and all that stuff. So we're like, whatever this guy does, it's got to be great, right? No, turns out to be the worst movie ever made. So let me describe, I'm just going to read the description off of IMDb. Yeah, because this makes this will make as much sense as the movie itself does. Here's the here's the uh, the like the synopsis. It says a man and woman are drawn together, entangled in the life cycle of an ageless organism. Identity becomes an illusion as they struggle to assemble the loose fragments of their wrecked lives. Like literally, the movie makes no sense. Like literally, like every now and then no. they like randomly cut to like this stream with like there's literally like pieces of color working in it at the end you find out it's like this random animal that's bleeding <laughs> but you don't really know how it's connected to the two people living in normal everyday life they sort of like each other but then they can't remember who they are and it's, it was like it literally made no sense and and on top of which like it's you know how when when a director has something that's successful then they make their second movie and you get to see why the director thinks the movie was successful and and because the the first movie was so like intertwined and and intense and like you had to follow streams of thought, he thought, what if we take that concept and do it infinitely time many times more yeah. complex, and that's going to be so much better. And it wasn't at all. No, at <laughs> all, at all. And that, I mean, like I'm all for the thinker movie. I'm yeah. all for like the the heavy psychological. I mean, you just referenced the fountain uh you know no this was by far the worst and i remember when it was done i we literally sat there because we watched it in my basement uh, we literally sat there and we're like that was that was really bad and we just sat there and fast in the terribleness of that movie so that that's it upstream color all right who else has got one my my answer has stayed the same since college mm. um those are i think Ryan, sorry, Ryan. I think out of all the people here, you were the only one that was there for it. But Perfect Strangers and it was called yes. is still my answer. Yeah. Were you there, Dick Dave? No, this, I've this heard was, I've heard I've heard the legend. Yes, this was the movie. This was the movie. Yes. <laughs> so we we went to uh, I don't know, I think it was Hollywood video. I think somebody in our group was thinking this movie was a different movie. Yeah. I think it had a similar name or something. So we we got it. It was a Sam Neill movie. Yeah. So Jurassic Park, Sam Neill. So it's got to be good, right? <laughs> Apparently, Jurassic Park is the only good movie this guy's ever done. But anyway, <laughs> like, so this story is okay. So this, so this lady meets this guy in a bar. They go back to his boathouse thing, and then their date gets weird. So then she's trying to get away, and then he goes. She thinks he's attacking him, and he's just letting her out, and he, she stabs him, and he dies. And then they're is there shipwrecked and they're on or something or they're back at his place or something like that. And then she keeps him in the freezer. Um, but then she starts having a relationship with him somehow. Oh, is this, <laughs> what? Was, is this what you were talking about? This before? is the one I was talking about before you like, came on. Yeah, before you started recording. <laughs> yeah, so you're what it was so called. he's like there, but his body's in the freezer. And then it's like they she's okay. Okay, <laughs> this is the movie that we were like, we only kept watching it because it had to get better. Like we, that's the only reason we kept watching. It's like, it has to get, it can't get worse. It can only get better. And it kept like, getting worse. Just to almost justify the fact that we've kept watching it as long as we have, it only got worse. It was amazing. <laughs> and then like it ends with, like this other guy shows up. So she decides to marry him because she's pregnant with the dead guy's kid. Yes. <laughs> And he was in the freezer the whole time. The whole time. That's some talent by that dead guy. 
<laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Thank you. Because uh, I, I was having trouble remembering what it was called. That's great. Yeah. Yep. Has, has so this is uh, I already gave an answer, but I, I just need to know: Has anyone else seen the movie Mother? Exclamation point. Because mm. I watched that also recently, and that I think qualifies here. It is uh, like an allegory about. Uh, I, I I guess it's supposed to be the Bible. Um, it's directed by Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> And it has, uh, so Ed Harris is in it as part of the Godhead, I guess. And then a whole bunch of other people are in it. Jennifer Lawrence is the main character. And you would think with all these people in it, this would be like a really good movie. And like, I understood some of the allegory stuff in it, but it is absolutely crazy bananas. At one point, there is an entire war happening in their house. And another point, they're actually eating the baby that's supposed to represent Jesus. Like, I I can't even tell you how insane this movie is. You have to see it for yourself. But uh, Mother is another recommendation for me to watch yeah. or, you know, don't if you value your life. <laughs> or don't. I, mean, I, to say. I have nothing intelligent to say about this movie, but I saw trolls in theaters. <laughs> Not my choice. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Talk the an- nice. the animated trolls, like yes. the new one. Yeah. Jay Aww. forced you to go to the movie with him to see. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just have to say I've seen trolls probably about um, thirty times. Oh no! <laughs> my children. So yeah, pity me. All right. so I was gonna sorry. say it's better. Uh, trolls is better than some of the animated stuff that's out there now. Yeah. Okay. Jay, what do you got? Uh, the one that sticks to my mind, uh, or sticks out my mind is, uh, the Zack Snyder cut. I mean, I mean, sorry, uh, <laughs> probably, uh, Battlefield Earth. Oh, oh yeah. Ooh, he's reaching back in the vault for that one. Yeah, okay, that one. who, who, who here owns Battlefield Earth? <laughs> I say. I, it's one of my, I, it's a bad movie and I love it. Flat out. <laughs> it's awful, man. It's terrible. I can't believe we wasted money. We actually we actually went and saw it in theaters yep. because wow. it, was, it was like before we knew, you know you could get reviews before it came out. Yeah. And of course we knew we knew a little bit of the story. Of course John Travolta was was big at the time and so we're like, "Oh, let's check this out." I mean, my my dad took us and it was awful. And it turned out that this whole movie was like a, an allegory of Scientology. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Which is in, even more insane. <laughs> Because right. someone believed that what was happening on the screen, like, actually happened, mm-hmm. which adds a whole new level of insanity to it. Yeah. All right, moving on. Movies you watched most as a kid. What What was the movies you went back to over and over and over again when you were a kid? What What did you have? Yeah. So. Uh, so back in the day, uh, our parents recorded, you know, th- how it was back in the day where you get your recorded movies off of like TV on the yeah, like, VHS. Yeah, yeah. So like, my parents had this lineup of like VHS tapes with like scribbles on it on mm-hmm. what was actually there. And uh, the things that came up the most for us was um, the original Star Wars trilogy. Yep. Uh, and Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. um, and those were the ones that we watched like all the time. Indiana Jones is my favorite three movie series that has ever existed. Yeah, like, I, that's a lighter rem- question. Save that. I I remember, <laughs> like I actually remember, my dad wouldn't let us watch Temple of Doom. Mm, yes, at first, you know, because of the especially the whole like heart, burning heart thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but yeah, so we got. We got to watch uh, watch the Indiana Jones movies um, and a lot of Star Wars movies that way as well. So those are the ones I remember. Yeah, for me, uh, also Star Wars, but specifically The Empire Strikes Back. Mm. I watched that movie over and over and over as a kid. I just love this. Still my favorite Star Wars movie to this day. I think it's the best Star Wars movie. My very biased opinion. <laughs> and then I also watched The Princess Bride so many times. Mm. That when I was seven, this actually happened. My dad said, Rob, there are people coming over tonight who have not seen The Princess Bride. Can you please not say every line before it happens? (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, if you're going 
like way back when we were real little kids. I remember watching uh, Land Before Time. Like oh, each, yeah. one, each time a new one came out, you know, I was like, ah, I want to yeah. watch, you know, or I want to see, I want to see that. Uh, and I forget. Come on, if we're going all the way back, man. Everyone that saw that movie when they were kids cried. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was sad. Yeah. I won. I won a little foot stuffed animal with an art project that I turned into like Boscovs or something, <laughs> and I still have this. I still have this stuffed animal somewhere on his yeah. bed. Yeah. Are they still making Land Before Time movies? That they're like at like twenty seven or something now. Maybe I don't know. Fair question. Is that all twenty seven? More than like maybe more when we were kids or something. <laughs> <laughs> Abby, what'd you watch as a kid? So I feel like, I mean, maybe if this is weird, I watched really old movies like um, Sound of Music, South okay. Pacific, um, like the really old, old musicals and stuff like that over mm-hmm. and over again. Uh, so yeah, I have a lot of musicals in my head and also tons and tons of Disney movies. Like okay. Mm-hmm. The 90s Disney movies, yeah, like yeah. Little Mermaid was probably my favorite. Um and maybe Beauty and the Beast as well. I had Little Mermaid sheets. So, um, yeah, for me, like Disney, 1990s Disney is just like prime. That's like my childhood. Yeah, the, the Sound of Music is my mom's favorite movie. And I was forced to watch it so many times that I developed the probably heretical belief that Mary Poppins and the Sound of Music are two of the worst movies of all time. And Billy Andrews is an absolute... Oh, Mary Poppins, so, I have seen Mary Poppins so many times. When the new one came out, I cried. Mm, like, mm. emotional. <laughs> so for the record, on the, the land, on the land before, before, on the, the land before time, uh-huh. there, there were 14 made total. Wow. And the last one came out in 2016. Okay. Uh, all right. Right. At some point, we're going to have to do a complete land before time rundown. That's all we're going to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> what'd you watch all right quick list um so the movies we found ourselves renting like often like a lot like Mm -hmm. the rocketeer Mm. um there was an old movie called shipwrecked it was like Mm. a 91 movie like disney it's actually pretty good oh yeah um okay don't judge me the super mario brothers movie nice (laughs) which i recently bought because i was like oh this is great and i watched it again uh, yeah. uh, don't watch it. <laughs> yeah. um, uh. But I think the movies I saw the most were either the original Superman <laughs> movies um, and Top Gun. Mm. That was oh. my grandpa's favorite movie. So we watched it together all the okay. time. Yeah, that's, that's great. So, so yeah. as a kid for me at home, the movie I watched the most was D2, The Mighty Ducks. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That, that one Ducks. was Mighty like, Ducks I watched that all the time. I wore that movie out. And then we spent a lot of summers at my grandparents' house and they would do the whole, like they'd get the free week of like the, the premium channels and record all the movies that they were, they saw. And so they had the VHSs on there. And the one we watched the most when we were over there was sister act. Oh, that is such yeah. a good sister one. Act. Yeah. Sister act. Yeah. Whoopi nice. Goldberg and the nuns, man. Nice. Yeah. Uh-huh. You never know. You never know what it's going to be. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. All right. That was a good one. I like that one. Uh, so let's move on to let's let's move on to this one. Uh, we'll we'll we've got time for maybe two more. So look quickly. Like, what is your what is your best or favorite film franchise? What do you think is all time your favorite film franchise? Favorite Let's say at least franchise. three movies of at least three movies. Best so I'm going to go franchise. with um, the Lord of the Rings mm. series. Um, and we're not going to include the Hobbit in that because we're not. <laughs> so the first three Lord of the Rings movies. Nice. Uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, The Two Towers and Return of the King. Those three movies are... In my opinion, I don't know if it could have been done better mm-hmm. um, translating the work in the books into those movies. That's an excellent choice. That's an excellent really choice. I like that. Uh, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I had the first book before Harry Potter was famous. Like it was mm-hmm. like I grew up with it. And then I think they did good with the movies. Like I feel like 
so many times movies are disappointing after yeah. a book series like that and i just feel like of, of a book to movie um series they did an amazing job yeah yeah i would definitely agree with that for sure it captured the magic of it i yeah. think really well and the music it's just the mm-hmm. whole thing it's just amazing yeah yeah excellent uh i mean there's there's so many but for me i'd probably have to say uh star wars even though they're trying to ruin it <laughs> uh, i mean like like david said before like we watched like the um original trilogy so many times as kids mm-hmm. uh you know yeah. like, I, th- I still think like darth vader is one of the coolest bad guys ever you know when you hear the uh uh the score the star wars score start playing like the hair on the back of my neck still stands up yeah yeah and you know even though the newest ones aren't what i hope they would be uh you know i mean i read some of the books even you know both old canon and new canon after disney bought it i mean like even the tv shows that they have like obi-wan i thought was really good so like i really like that type of stuff so so star mm-hmm. wars is it for me for sure yeah i would not claim this is the best franchise by any means but i would say my favorite has probably been the mission impossible mm. yeah, yeah. yeah yeah that's there um, they they keep it yeah good and interesting and fun and exciting and mm-hmm. yeah um i've been yeah i would say i enjoy that more than the james bond franchise oh. even though okay there we go all right interesting yeah this is a, i find this to be a really tough a tough one i have a couple that pop into my mind so i'm really having a hard time landing on like favorite best yeah. is really hard best is even really hard best too is really because hard. because there's very few that really hold up really well over time yeah uh, and i think that's one of the hard parts but i mean a couple that popped to mind right away is um the uh of course the dark knight trilogy mm-hmm. that nolan did of course yeah. you can't have a podcast not mentioning nolan at least a couple times yeah um so that that's that's really good um a couple others that kind of stand out to me are like um the riddick trilogy mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> So if you guys are familiar with those, those kind of stand out a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'd say, I mean, even like some of the, some of the Star Trek films, like I wouldn't classify that as best by any stretch of the imagination, mm-hmm. but like in terms of favorite, like ones that like the um, um, first, uh, yeah, first contact and all that, like that, those mm-hmm. are some, some, some classic ones there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with, I think, um, one that I just think is very, very steady the whole way through um, and really changed how the genre was done. And I'm going to go with the Bourne films. Mm. Oh, yeah. They really did revolutionize the, what a spy movie is and what a spy movie looks like. It, it changed Bond. It really did a lot to reinvigorate the Mission Impossible franchise uh on their second life and i just think yeah because you still think mission impossible 2 is a legitimate movie i know i know we're this discussion has been going on for 15 years and i'm it's still going i still maintain it has you guys want to see us throw down mission impossible 2 is not a good movie (laughs) period Period. Come on. <laughs> Who's better than John Woo, man? John the Woo doves, ruined man. Mission Impossible. <laughs> oh. <laughs> doves were killed. I mean, even, even slow-mo was ruined in that movie. Come on. <laughs> oh, that yeah. is the dark spot on the best franchise. Yeah, movie. that's it. That's it. It yeah. was awful. Consistency awful. born franchise. That's that's what I got for that. Um, all right, so let's let's wrap up with kind of the current state of the of the two big comic book franchises, DC and Marvel. Both of them, for entirely different reasons, are at kind of crossroads. Uh, with DC, you have the changeover at the top at Discovery, and you know just kind of the run of of uneven films that they've had. With the MCU, you have a lot of their characters gone. And um, some of their recent movies haven't as done quite as well as they were hoping for. Uh, so let's start with DC. Uh, give me a couple of ideas. What would you do to fix DC? So here's here's how you fix DC. This isn't an idea. This is how you fix it. 
Mm, okay. Let's hear it. No, number one mm-hmm. is you make Superman Superman. Ah, yes. Okay. Yes. Here, this this is why this is the number one reason why DC films have not worked. And it's because they refuse to make Superman actually be Superman. Mm. The character Superman was designed and written as a hero that is is has the ability and scope to save everyone, that his character is truly good. And the way that they are writing right now is they refuse to write a character that is truly good because they are good. And because of their refusal to do that, it ruins every other character in the Mm. DC universe. It literally cascades down from Superman. Um, So that's it. Number one, you have to get Superman right. If you don't get Superman right, it doesn't matter about everybody else. Um, And I think that's actually part of it is that you don't have to, every character does not have to have a shady past and dad issues in order to be a good superhero <laughs> movie. Um, you know, and I, so for me, that's how you fix it. You fix Superman, the rest kind of all falls into place. I could go on and on about that, but I'll, I'll hold off there because I feel like Steve's getting ready to jump on this bandwagon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I, it's like how to put it all into, yeah, I feel like these. DC wanted to be different from Marvel, which I felt like, like they didn't have to worry about that. I think the focus should, they didn't have to try to be edgy. They didn't have to try to be Superman, but different. Like just do Superman as it is. Don't try to make him a anti-hero or or something like that. It's just kind of, yeah, it was just like, it was the wrong tone to start off with, but then they keep trying to self-correct by being like, oh, people don't like this. So we're going to do this. And just kind of like, I feel like just throwing darts in the dark and it just, you know, it's, I don't know. I don't know who's in charge, but it's like they just keep making mistake after mistake. And every once in a while they get something right. And then they I don't know. They can't they just can't figure things out. It's just. But, yeah, I think it was like they went for this dark, edgy, you know, trying to deconstruct Superman thing. And it just just it was a wrong place to start. Um, And but now I really don't like the fact that they just okay, all these movies are going to be separate from each other. Like there's no consistency. I think the beauty of Marvel, what Marvel has done is like it all ties together. Like it's all one universe and you can, and they've managed to pull it off where you can have your quirky heroes. You can have your serious heroes, but they can sometimes all like come together and it's, it all works where it's like DC just could not pull that off. And I just wish they could, I wish they would utilize the, the multiverse more. I, I think they're trying to start doing that now. I think that would have solved a lot of the problems um, mm-hmm. and like corrected a lot of stuff that they've made mistakes on the way. Um, but, but yeah, they're here now, but I just wish that they would, they would try again and just get back to what people actually really like about the characters, not try to appeal to people who don't really care about the characters as much. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now before I say this, I will say that the Robert Pattinson Batman was much better than I thought. Well, I'm, I'm kind of tired of Batman. Like I waited, I waited to see that one till it was at a theater. So I'm like, I don't want to go watch another Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know like the dark Knight trilogy was pretty good, but uh, yeah. Um, and you have to write better than like, Oh, your mom's name is Martha too. Now we're best friends. <laughs> um, so that, that's that kind of writing is not very helpful. It's kind of like, you know, in Star Wars, when they said, and somehow uh, Palpatine lived, and you're like, that's the best you got after all these years. But yeah, I would say make, I don't know, like, a, I don't know, I I agree with what you guys are saying. Um, but at the same time, um, things like uh, Suicide Squad, like when that movie first came out, like the previews for it were much different than the actual movie. Like the previews for it were a much darker movie. And actually, like, I thought it looked good. And then when you go see the movie, you're like, this is like a, a bubblegum pop movie. This is not at all what was advertised. Um, so, yeah, I, I yeah, I agree with you guys. They just need to get back to what made them good and stop trying to appeal to everybody. Um, but at the same time, um, the Marvel movies, I've, I've stopped watching those. Like, they've got so convoluted and... I don't know what phase of their program they're on. I don't know the orders of the movies anymore. There's just like DC with Batman. There's like 700 Spider-Man movies. I'm, I'm just so like, 
I've stopped. I don't even watch their shows on uh, Disney Plus. Like I'm, I'm like completely like there's too much, too much <laughs> going on. All the phases. Yeah, sat- saturation is a real problem. Yeah, sure. and so I'm just like I can't keep up anymore. So I'm just not gonna watch anymore. Yeah. I feel like with Marvel, since you brought up Marvel, I feel like they've been trying to get the second generation started and just mm-hmm. haven't things haven't worked out like yeah, they, right. they kind of were trying to get okay spider-man's going to be our person to kind of lead this new second wave or whatever and then that you know had its drama issues that that wasn't playing out and then tried captain marvel and that was like just a kind of a flat character that people didn't care about and then it's like miss like it just they like, can't find the thing to kind of spark and just kind of like be the flagship or, or whatever i don't know it's like the first generation of superheroes they use like were the great ones and now they're like okay what obscure things can we heroes can we use now it's just i don't know yeah that's the piece about saturation that's tough right because if they had just wrapped it up after end game and actually took a break Mm -hmm. uh, of some kind whoever they brought after that there would be a a, more of a longing for Mm -hmm. because now all you long for is the old characters like the original like you know like how many times you look back and be like, you know, if Iron Man was doing this, this would have been more fun and more stuff would have gotten blown up. Right. You know what I mean? Like it was just, it's the way it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but yeah, going back to fixing DC real quick. So yeah. one of the, one of the things about, about DC uh, that I think has been, been highlighted here. Um, so we're talking about movies, right? Uh, your leadership matters at your movie company. Like we don't get to talk about the, the production companies and the executive producers a whole lot when we talk about movies, because for most of us that watch, we have no idea who they are, what they're doing. But this is a perfect example of like the people that you never see how important they really are. Yeah. Because when you try to build a cohesive story and it just is, it's a shotgun approach or you know, Steve talked about throwing darts, because someone's throwing those darts and it's the people in the in those production meetings and in those executive rooms that are like, people are just going to watch this. And the reality is, is no, they're not. Yeah. Um, you, you have to you have to do it. So I saw DC just hired, um, I believe it was James Wan to kind of be their their guy to to do it. Again, it's got to be it's got to start with Superman, and you've got to set the tone right. You're you're launching if you're starting over you're going to launch you know with the new merger between um, warner brothers and discovery and you're launch something new you're launching something new into a world that was very different than it was even five six seven years ago yeah and you know if the if the executives of warner brothers are watching the film for fans podcast because <laughs> i know that they are mm-hmm. obviously um, yeah we're the world needs good characters yeah like when i say good i don't mean quality i mean like like characters that have a sense of morality a Mm -hmm. sense of justice a sense of like right and wrong and those people want those things because it's actually what draws us what draws us in see what's what's funny about that we've been talking about movies this whole time the uh dc character i feel like most epitomizes what you just said and the DC character I probably enjoyed the most in any media was the Green Arrow. Hmm. And that was a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they weren't able to like translate that over to a movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I, I think of- there, there is potential for them to tell a good story. But they're really struggling with it in the movie format for some reason. Yeah. My final idea to fix DC. Just pitching this idea out to you guys. All right. A Joker sequel, but make it a musical and have Lady Gaga stars Harley Quinn. I go see it. Yeah, I'd see that come to fruition. I don't know. Feeling some vibes there. Yeah. (laughs) If if they're listening to this podcast, that will happen. That's there you go. (laughs) I'll only like that if Morbius shows up, says it's Morbin time, and then they'll. Uh, I th- I think from my standpoint, I think DC needs to re-familiarize themselves with their characters and who their characters actually are. And secondly, their their entire production seems to be 
behind. They are always behind. They were behind in trying to, to create some sort of narrative arc. Then they're behind and constantly reactionary and behind. Look ahead. Take, take a yeah. look at the landscape of where films are now. Project where it's going. Develop in that way. Stop being both behind the times and reactionary. Because anytime you do that, it just looks like a knockoff. It just looks like everyone looks at your movie and says, you're doing this because of Marvel. You're doing this because of this. And it will not let their film stand on their own. They just won't because it's just obvious that that's what's happening. Yeah. And for the, for the MCU, they need a break. You know, they have yet, they have yet to prove that any of these secondary characters are capable of leading the franchise forward. And I don't, I don't see that that's, I don't see that that's going to happen. And as much as they're enjoying their run with uh, Disney plus and having all these TV shows, they really, really risk getting to the point where everyone just says, there's too much stuff that I need to keep up with in order to follow this franchise. I'm just giving up. And they're in real, real danger of costing themselves. So they need to shut it down. They need to shut it down and take a break. Yeah. All right, so let's end the podcast like this. Uh, give us a recommendation of a movie you've seen recently. What, what's something you've seen that you recommend that we see? Uh, not that they're good by any means, but uh, Abby and I just watched the old uh, Tomb Raider movies. Mm. And it was, I mean, like, I, like I said, you know about the Angelina Jolie ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're actually pretty terrible movies, but yeah. it, it brought back some, you know, like fond memories of just like the old, old uh, Tomb Raider games with, oh man, you know, it was, it was the just bad like, graphics. Watch. And, yeah. Uh, so if you're looking for entertaining movies that are terrible, <laughs> the yeah. old, old Laura Croft movies. Yeah. Yeah, it'll take you back to like the nineties. Yeah. Special effects and stuff. And you'll be like, wow, we thought this was Yeah, we we thought this was good at the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was it was good at the time. That's the right. It was good at the time. But... <laughs> yeah. The first one's better than the second one for sure. The second one has terrible story and everything, but yeah. yeah. It was it was entertaining. Yeah. It took me back. I will recommend uh, a few movies here that I've seen in the theater. Um, one of the things that I've enjoyed the most about this podcast, um, is the impetus to go out to the theater often. And, uh, Ryan and I both have the Regal subscription, so we're able to do that without it costing us a billion dollars, which is great. Um, but like AMC has one of those or a few other movie chains that have them as well. Um, but some movies I saw in the movie theater over the last year that I would recommend, um, Nightmare Alley, um, mm -hmm. Guillermo del Toro uh bradley cooper is the star of this movie it's a really good really good uh period piece and it's it was released in color and in black and white and i would recommend if you have a way to watch it in black and white watch it in black and white it just adds something to it in my opinion um i previously mentioned everything everywhere all at once if you want to watch something that's absolutely insane watch that movie you will not regret it you'll be questioning what you're watching from the beginning of the movie until the end of the movie, but you'll like it and you'll laugh. It's very funny. Um, I would also recommend the movie Nope, which just came out directed by Jordan Peele. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a, I really enjoy thrillers slash horror. I would say this is more thriller um, based than like horror. There are some scary things in it, but I think it's really good. And there are a couple different storylines that come into the movie as you're watching it. And then, one more in that genre that came out recently is uh, The Black Phone, starring Ethan Hawke. I would recommend that one as well. A uh, boy gets kidnapped, and he starts getting phone calls in the room where he's being held captive by the other kids who had been kidnapped in the same place, and they help him to escape. So those are uh, four that I've seen in the theater, and I, if you have a chance just to go to the theater, I don't know when this... Um, is going to be released, but September 3rd, which is in a couple days, um, is going to be National Movie Day, they're yeah. calling it. Mm -hmm. 
Yep, and the $3 movie tickets. At, there's a whole bunch of participating theaters, so if you look that up, that'd be a good time to go watch something if you, if you can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so in terms of recent stuff, uh, I'd say, again, get about getting to the theaters, which right on, right on Rob. Um, the piece, uh, the one recently to recommend is, and it seems it seems like everybody's seen it already, is the uh, Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's 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 just it's it's simple, it's classic, it's you know, it's smooth. Um, Kaczynski and his crew do such an amazing job of the of the cinematography in that movie i mean when they're in the planes you feel like you're in the planes there's a very visceral experience being in the theater uh with that movie the end gets a little cheesy you know if you you know when he fires up that f-16 has been sitting there for probably you know how many years and it like does it and he fights like a f-22 with it or whatever and it's like yeah okay whatever but it's just if you know it's a good good feel good ending um, and just goes to prove that you actually can do the sequel all those years later. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a fun theater experience. So, and bonus on that one is me and my wife went, which doesn't usually ever happen, but we both liked it. And that, that doesn't always happen. So that, that's, that's gotta be a winner. Yeah. That movie is probably one of the most pleasant surprises I've ever had in a movie theater. I was not expecting it to be anywhere near as good as it ended up being. Yeah, yeah. I, I figured Kaczynski was going to do a good job because he's done it before with like Tron and Oblivion and stuff, but mm-hmm. it was just it was solid. Yeah, yeah. Dixon took mine. I was going to say <laughs> Top Gun Maverick, <laughs> and I also was worried, you know, after all these years. But they actually they nailed like what a sequel should be. Like it was, you know, they, I feel like they even completed like character arcs like it was like such a good continuation from the old one and just yeah it's like but you don't have to love the old movie to love like the new one and just like this is yeah everybody loves this movie for good reason yeah yeah but um since dixon took mine i don't really have any others i will i haven't seen it recently but i don't think ryan has ever mentioned this movie on the podcast so i'm just gonna do it Mm. but the man who knew too little yeah, it's a very underrated Bill Murray movie. So if you have not seen the movie, you should. Yes. Um, and I'm just gonna say my Superman movies that I made. Yes. If Ryan includes the links in the notes or whatever, feel free mm-hmm. to watch those. See the Steve Glarum cut of the the Superman <laughs> movies. All I'll right. Post the, yep. I'll be posting the links in the show notes. You don't have to watch the first one because it's more like the origin and stuff like that, which most people know the origin or the old movie. You know. That stuff, but the second one is like the main one, just so you know. Okay, good to know. Yeah, Abby, do you have one? Well, the movie I watched most recently, I was I watched with a friend and her kids. Um, so it was Encanto, and oh, yeah. I have been hearing my nieces and nephews and many other children singing these songs for a long time. And um, so I, I don't know, I, I had preconceived notions about it, but I actually loved it. Um, so I don't know, I thought it was really endearing. I loved how it told the story of a, a, a migrant family, which I thought was a different, a different story to tell um, from a different kind of perspective, which I thought was really cool. Um, so yeah, I really liked it. I mean, yeah, my daughter's always singing songs to that movie, but I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> and he had dad, to get one dad, of those jokes in on the podcast. I would say dad joke. <laughs> uh I'm gonna go with uh on Netflix right now, Blade Runner 2049. Uh beautiful that's, that's not that's not new, but okay. It's right, not new, right. it doesn't have to be. No. <laughs> Blade Runner 2049, you gotta see it. It's on Netflix. The original Blade Runner's on there too. It's harder oh, to get man. it to. Uh, later because it's you know it was groundbreaking when it came out but it's not as groundbreaking anymore but uh 2049 is just such an amazing movie and it it, like top gun maverick it does incredible justice to a continuation of a story and it's just very very well done the story you know bears out over over a length of time you really get to see some great character development and it's really fantastic 
It's probably the least awful recent Jared Leto performance. So <laughs> also got that going for True. And you get a day and you get a Dave Bautista appearance as well. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. That's it. Thank you so much for helping. One hundred. You guys did one hundredth episode of Film for Fans podcast. Uh, so thank you for each and every one of you. Ah, this is the time where I tell you go to filmforfans.com, rate, subscribe, tell your friends, do all the things that every podcast tells you to do and nobody does. Uh, do all of them just this once. Anyway, thank you to all the guests and uh Have a great night, and until the next time, enjoy the movies.